Thank you so much to our readers. And um, I'll pray as we think about these passages together. Loving Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that it challenges us and comforts us and inspires us. We pray, Lord, that as we gather around it for a few minutes now, by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would speak to us and bless us. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning we're thinking about uh, this part of our shared life, um, which has to do with, uh, with money, giving, offerings and so on. And um, it's not a subject that I uh, particularly like speaking about. Um, I think it can very quickly become a subject that inspires guilt in people and puts pressure on people and uh, makes uh, people uncomfortable. Um, and that's not at all what I am trying to do this morning. I think uh, uh, for us as uh, British people, um, money is strangely one of our last taboos. We don't particularly like talking about it. We certainly don't like each other knowing how much of it we may or may not have. Um, it's, uh, it's quite a difficult subject for British people to talk about. But I'm going to have a go and I want to try to do it uh, looking at it as best we can within these minutes that we have uh, through the, the passages of scripture that we've read and through the sort of uh, the, 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 the sweep of scripture uh, and, and thinking about how God's people have uh, praised and worshipped and said thank you to God uh, in this way. There's no doubt uh, that right the way through scripture, people have brought their offerings to God as a sign of thanksgiving and worship. So it's a really simple and fundamental part of the worship of God's people is that they bring things to him uh, and they say thank you. Thank you for what you have given to us and we give some back to you. And uh, they're often uh, given in sacrifice or to share in a feast um, or to provide um, the wherewithal for the worship of the temple to take place. Often these gifts are what we would probably call in kind. So they might be harvest produce, they might be uh, grain or fruit or animals. They might also be skills or talents. Uh, we see uh, different people in the scriptures offering their skills and talents, particularly uh, when it came to building the tabernacle um, and also then uh, for building the temple. And uh, uh, that was seen as a, a really important part of their worship. But as, as well as all these things, uh, there is also, of course, uh, the gift of money, uh, partly uh, to finance, but also partly in almsgiving, charity, giving away in order that other people can be blessed. And underlying all these parts of the worship of God's people is the very simple, fundamental notion that everything comes from God in the first place. <clears throat> everything comes from God in the first place. And there's that, that rather beautiful phrase, um, all things come from you and of your own do we give you. Everything we have has come from God and people respond to him to say thank you. It's a little bit like uh, perhaps a, a young child whose only income is the pocket money given to them by their parents 
going off and and using that pocket money to buy their parents a present and they bring that present to to give it to their parents now in every sense the parents have already paid for that haven't they and yet there is nothing they would rather see than that child using that money to say thank you to sort of express their love and their joy and their delight to express the strength of that relationship and that's what this part of our worship i think should be at its best that all that we have is from god and that as we offer back to him we are simply offering back what he has given to us in the first place now in the old testament um, a lot of this giving um, became uh, formalized and 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 there were regulations put down for it helpful regulations to enable people to see um, how they might give it and, and one of the things that that crops up quite a lot in the old testament is this notion of the tithes of 10 percent and in this story that that joe read for us so we remember the famous story of jacob's ladder and uh, this wonderful vision that he sees of a stairway and angels going up and down on it and it's this beautiful vision and it causes jacob to put his faith afresh in in god but jacob who's a fairly wily character um he's, he's not the most attractive person in scripture to be honest um he's a fairly uh, wily old goose he says well lord if you will give me all that these things that you've promised to give me and he, and he gives quite a long list of the things he says um uh, if you will watch over me and give me food to eat and clothes to wear that i may return safely then you will be my god and i will give you a tenth of all that you give to me this idea that a tenth becomes the sort of touchstone i say particularly in the old testament of how people respond and give back to God what he has given to them now of course we are people of the New Testament we are people uh, of of the new covenants uh, uh, inaugurated and expanded to the whole world through Jesus death and resurrection and the pouring out of the Spirit on Pentecost we are people of the new covenant and as so often uh, when you start to sort of begin to follow Jesus you you realize that he doesn't give rules Jesus doesn't really do rules. He just says, love me and follow me and we'll work it out along the way. OK, which actually is much harder than a set of rules. OK, but that's what he says. Love me, follow me and we'll work it out as we go along. So there, there isn't anywhere in the New Testament where it says that we should give 10 percent. What it does say is that we are called to uh, to worship God with heart and soul and mind and strength. Everything that we have is to be offered up to God in worship. So it's much more about how we give rather than the amount that we give. The how, freely, joyfully, and as part of our worship, a response to the goodness of God that we have now received and that has been uh, magnified a thousand timefold because of Jesus' death and resurrection. And we get these moments in the Gospels where people sort of lavish worship on Jesus. Uh, you think about the woman who anoints Jesus 
shortly before he is um, he's crucified. And um, she takes a, a, a jar of perfume, which is worth a year's salary. And we can't really get our heads around that, can we? A, a, a jar of perfume that would cost about £25,000. We cannot get our head around that, can we? But she breaks it and she pours it over Jesus. And the disciples are furious with her. But Jesus says, leave her alone. She has done a beautiful thing. There is something outlandish, exuberant, lavish in this worship. And it seems to be in the heart of the widow here as well, in that second reading that Gabby read for us, that she gives everything she has to live on, presumably because her faith and her love for God is that strong. So Jesus is not interested in amounts, but he is interested in our heart. And the way in which we respond to him will partly be seen in our generosity, in our giving. For example, it's quite difficult to sing the beautiful hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, and that amazing line, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. And then if you imagine yourself sitting in, standing in church, reaching into your pocket, trying to avoid the pound coins, that you might put something else on the plate. So how do we respond? How do we respond to the generosity of God? Well, first and foremost, it has to be in the silence, the quietness, the personalness of your heart. You need to come to God and thank him for all that he has done. Our response, our generosity has to be rooted in the nature and the character of God and all of he, that he has done for us. But if you're not sure, not sure how then to proceed, um, let me let me just give you give me an idea, because I, I want to tell you what what we do, what Joe and I do. Um, not because it's necessarily what everybody else should do, but just so that you know what, what it is that we do. We look at what we receive in our bank account each month, which is the same each month, um, and um, we, rough, we work out what is roughly 10% of that. Um, not, we don't do it in a legalistic way. I don't think Christ wants us to do it in a legalistic way, but we work out roughly what is 10%, and that gives us a figure. And of that figure, around about 90% of that figure comes to St Christopher's. We, we give by a standing order and um, that comes to St Christopher's. And that remaining 10% of the 10% uh, we give to a couple of charities uh, that we are particularly committed to. So that's what, that's what we do. Um, and um, over the years we've been uh, honoured and blessed and have been able to continue to do that. Uh, through the years. So that might be something uh, that you would want to consider. But it must be an individual and a personal decision in front of God. It must be beginning in the generosity and the nature and the character of God. And I know, I really do know, that there are some people in our church who simply don't have that kind of um, wriggle room, that kind of flexibility in their finances. If you're somebody on a fixed income, if you're somebody um, 
who, uh, who rightly and properly receives benefits, you may be in a position where 90% of your income is spoken for the moment it arrives in your account. And if at the end of those paying all those bills, you have, for the sake of argument, £10 left, then to give to God one of those £10 is a really, really wonderful thing to do. And a thing that I am sure God bring, brings God great joy and great delight. So how do we give? We give in response to who God is and what he has done for us. What do we give? We give what our heart tells us to give. But if we're not sure, then the tithe is a good place to start. And when we give, let's do so with great delight and joy and pleasure. We are standing in a tradition of God's people that, that runs back centuries. This is how God's people have worshipped him. It is part of what means to be a follower of God. And we can take pleasure that we are offering our gifts, that we are coming and we are giving them to him. And we can rejoice that he will use them for his glory. And so many people down the years have found that when they do get this bit right, when they feel comfortable and at ease, that they know that they've got this bit of their worship right, they have found great joy and delight and blessing. Please don't mis misunderstand me. It, it's not like some sort of slot machine that if you give God lots of money, you'll get lots of money back. I don't believe any of that nonsense. OK, we are called to give because it is part of our worship and he will bless us. It probably won't be with money, but he will bless us with far more powerful things of joy and peace and delight. So why do we give? We give because he has given. How do we give? We give openly and generously. And when we've given, let's rejoice. God will do the rest. Amen.